She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? How we doing? Everyone doing okay? I hope so. I hope everyone is doing awesome. I'm excited about what we're talking about today. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, actually. I think it's so healthy. It's so healthy when we feel like there is a little tinge in our spirit and we ask God to reveal why it's there. We're going to talk about dealing with your past today. It's going to be real good, (laughs) real light, (laughs) some super light listening for you guys as you, you know, go about your little day. It's going to be heavy. However, it's going to be so good for you as well. I just, I'm believing it. Okay. I've had to do it. We've all, we all need to do it. Not all of us do it, but we, we all need to deal with things in our past so we can move forward with a fresh start. We're going to talk about that after the break. Oh yes. Don't cut me off. Don't stop listening. <laughs> Lean in and ask the Lord, Lord, what do I need to work on? Okay. What is happening in my life? All right. So we're in November. In November, I love Thanksgiving. I will talk about this probably, you know, next week. But I I am a huge Thanksgiving person. I'm very, very thankful. I'm super grateful. But I I in the month of November, I start preparing for decorating for Christmas. <laughs> and that is so offensive to some people. And I apologize. If that offends you, you know what? Maybe that's something you need to deal with from your past. I don't know. (laughs) But let me tell you something. I love to decorate for Christmas. I love to decorate, period. Our house is constantly, like, there's there's a candle going. We've got, you know, uh, just celebratory things. We celebrate fall. We celebrate. We celebrate it all, okay, in my house birthdays, forget about it in my house. It's, it's like an, an international event at my house. But when it comes to Christmas, I'm hardcore. Like I am not trying to have the little Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I got five. I have five tree. No, wait, 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 let me look. Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. So we have seven trees, but we only have three main trees. So the other four trees, all my kids have a Christmas tree that they decorate that they put in their own bedroom. I'm, I'm not trying to be a minimalist over here, guys. <laughs> I, I know what I'm not. And I'm not a minimalist. I love to celebrate. And, you know, people love it, too. They're constantly saying one, one year our house was in like the, the Christmas tour of our community, which was quite an honor when they called me. I was like, oh, my gosh, because they knew that I decorated for Christmas. So 
it's the same this year, you guys. It's the same this year. Last night, my 16-year-old daughter was home all night, which we were like, hello, welcome to your house, because we haven't seen her very much lately, because, you know, she's got her license now, and she's involved in so many different things. But uh, she was with us all night last night. We went out to dinner, the whole gang, the whole Miles gang went out to dinner, and then I'm like, let's go over to Lowe's. And this is why, guys, I am obsessed with decorations in the front lawn of my house that are pretty. Okay. I ain't trying to do no blow up. <laughs> now, if you like blow ups and, and you're the front of your lawn, congratulations. I, they're so cute. My kids love them. They want me to buy everything, but I really like like the, you know, the reindeer and like the, the, the big Christmas ball metal things that you put outside your yard. Like that's what I'm into. So we go to Lowe's because of this. I want, I, I have, I have asked my son who is 13 and a friend to wrap my trees with all red lights. Okay. I want, I want my tree that I've, I've, I've driven through Dallas and I've seen these people that do their trees and they wrap the limbs of the trees and they're so gorgeous. I can't even handle my life. I've seen these, these trees that have these red lights on them for years. And I've said every year to my husband, hey, will you do that to our trees? And every year he looks at me and he's like, I don't think so. Um, because it's going to be a lot of work. Well, this year I have a son old enough to do it. And so we're going to pay him to do it. So we go to Lowe's and we are looking for these red lights. And, you know, I'm, my husband and I are trying to find the specific lights that we think will look good on our trees out, for, out front. And in the meantime, my four children that is in Santa land in Lowe's are bringing me everything possible to buy. My son Moses brought me over Raid Bug Cleaner and asked us to buy it for him. Haven is obsessed with this Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that's three times the size that she is. And she has asked us multiple times, Mom, can I have this Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Mom, can I have this? She's asking me this. Jude brings up a two-by-four, like a piece of wood, like a piece of wood. What does a 13-year-old need with a piece of wood? Let me, what? What do they need? What do you need with that? What are you going to build a house? Why do you need me to purchase for you a piece of wood? So I've got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with Haven, which, which was really cute. I was tempted to buy that. Then I've got Moses with Raid Bug Cleaner. He, I don't know if he liked the bugs on the front of it. I'm, as soon as we saw him, we were like, oh my goodness, we're not buying that. Like, like, like he, he picked it up. We're like, put it down. Okay. But he wanted this bug cleaner and no clue what it was. So Jude is asking for a, a two by four, like a literal piece of wood. And Gra Grace is at the age where she looks at me and she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much you guys handle every day. I'm like, I know. Do you guys, do you see what we go through every day? And it wasn't that long ago that Grace was asking us for a piece of gum or like a hot, a light, you know, the lighting section at Lowe's. Mom, can I have a chandelier for my room? No, no, you can't. You have lights in your room. It's crazy. So we're at the checkout. 
we put away the raid. We put away the two by four. Haven parted with Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. And I would like to make a formal request for all of these stores to stop selling candy at the checkout. It's like, you know, if I could, I, I mean, I would like, I think it's Sam's Club where you can like check out while you're picking things up and then you can actually leave and you've already checked out. It's like, I don't know. It's some high tech store. I would do that rather than taking all four of my children through the checkout where there's, you know, dentine, there's hubba bubba gum, there's Snickers bars, there's Jolly Rancher sticks. There's like all the things on top of all of the drinks. So I finally get one round of questions of mom, can we have this calm down? And then we move to the candy. And I'm telling you what, last night, I mean, I was like, I almost broke out into the Lord's prayer. Like, oh my, if you guys ask me for one more thing, all I want to do is get my red lights for my tree. <laughs> and I want to go home. Because you're asking me for so much stuff. Anyway, so that's what happened in my life last night. Um, I thought that might relate to all of our moms out there who I know you go through that same thing every single day. No spiritual application here. I'm just telling you. <laughs> life is a mom. We did get my lights. Praise the Lord. They're going to go up on Sunday. And um, it's going to be a good time. Okay, we're going to talk about dealing with your past when we come back. I'll see you in a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, okay, here we go. We're back. We're going to talk about our past. It's going to be really, really good. It's going to be great. You guys are going to love it. Listen, so this is really personal. This message is in my I Am Rahab book. I've altered it a little bit for you guys today. Feel free to go get it. You can get it anywhere books are sold. It is my baby. But we almost, we didn't mean to do this, but we're almost doing like this little mini series on Rahab and and things like that. I'm, I'm really excited for December. We're going to talk about miracles all throughout December. It's going to be good. I was studying in Matthew this morning and um, I can't wait for what's coming. But I really think we have dismissal problem in our world. Okay. I have I have struggled with this myself. You know, some things that we go through in our lives are just 
so incredibly painful, right? They're so painful. Things that maybe we've gone through as kids, rejection that we faced early in our life, maybe from a parent, maybe from a former spouse like myself, maybe from a teacher. I love teachers. My sister's a teacher. I love it. Love them so, so, so much. But I I was told a couple of things that I've never forgotten growing up. You know, there are things that we go through and it's interesting the soundtrack we create in our minds by different traumas in our lives or different things that we experience. The, The soundtrack really sort of creates a thought process of how you operate in the future. I know that, you know, there's different things that that I went through that wasn't a part of my first marriage, but they they very much affected how I operated in that first marriage. And then, you know, I went through the first marriage and it was a total, <laughs> it was terrible. And that kind of shaped how I operated in, you know, my marriage to Eddie, who we've been married almost 18 years, which I'm super proud of. But I feel like most of us, because things can be so incredibly painful, we want to dismiss them and not think about them again. And I totally get that. I have done that for a very long time with certain, certain things. But the Lord let me in on a new sort of way of thinking several years ago. Let me preface everything I'm getting ready to say with this. I am huge on counseling, okay? Both of my parents are counselors. They've counseled lots and lots of people. Uh, We're really big on biblical counseling. I myself have been to counseling. It is an amazing tool that God gives us. So if you think that what I'm getting ready to say maybe doesn't apply to you because your hurt or your wound is too deep. I totally get that. I want you to seek out a good Christian counselor. Okay. So let me, let me, let me go there first. But those of you that maybe something was very painful for you in your past, I don't think we realize because we just want to dismiss the pain and we want to start over how important it is to let the Lord in on that thing in your past, okay? So today, uh, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about that in regards to the nation of Israel. In order to move forward and to move into a new season, I feel like a lot of people are moving into new seasons right now, new jobs, um, in new relationships, you know, we're, the world is starting to churn again, which is great. It's been churning for a while, but with, when it churns, you know, it opens up new opportunities and things like that. And we all want the new. Okay. But in order to get the new, we have to take care of the old. And this is why, okay. I believe God wants you to walk into that new opportunity that he's given you at peace. I believe he wants you to walk into that new season with absolute, complete peace. Okay. I believe he wants you to enjoy that new marriage. Um, And in order to fully enjoy it, you want to leave the baggage 
<laughs> behind before you get into that first marriage, uh, that, that new marriage. Okay. I think we need to deal with some things, maybe some things last year that you went through with, with the pandemic and all those kind of things. Maybe they stirred up things in you that you needed to deal with. Well, I think now's the time for us to look at them and for us to deal with them. So as we move into this, a new season of life, we don't take those thought pattern patterns with us. Okay. That's what we're going to be focused on for the next few minutes. So, so here's what I know about the Lord. When the nation of Israel was headed into the promised land, and I know this from the text, God wanted the nation of Israel to walk into the new season, to living in the land of Canaan. And he wanted them to do the work to defeat cities in the land so that they could live at peace in the land. He wanted them to do the work of dispossession. Now, listen, I am going to parallel dispossession to your past. Okay. When the Israelites went into the land of Canaan, they went into the land and they knew that they had some work to do in order to fully enjoy the new season that they were entering. This is what I, the point I want to get across to you guys today. Before you enter, when you enter, make sure you handle the things of your past before you get into your new season so you can live at peace. I want to go to Joshua 5.1 here for a minute. And I know we've been in Joshua here for a few weeks, but it is just so incredibly good. Listen here. Now, it came about when all the kings of the Amorites were beyond the sea were beyond the Jordan, excuse me, to the West. And all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the sons of Israel until they had crossed. Their hearts melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the sons of Israel. Now, listen, we talked about the hearts melting before. I think I've referenced this a couple of weeks ago, but this is actually really, really important. These kings on the other side of the Jordan, when the Israelites were on the wilderness side of the Jordan, they weren't so worried. And I talked about this last week because they knew that there was a lot of obstacles that the Israelites had to go through in order to cross the Jordan. Once the Israelites, 2 million people, whatever it is, crossed the Jordan, that's when the kings started to worry. That's when they were like, oh man, they're coming for us. Okay, their hearts, and Joshua 5.1 says, the kings of these different cities, these different fortified cities in the land of Canaan, their hearts melted. Why? Because Israel was coming to dispossess their kingdoms. And they had to dispossess them before they could live at peace in the land. This is what I want you to do to the fortified cities of your past. I want the fortified cities, go with me here, of your past to be so terrified because you're coming after them to once and for all tear those strongholds down. This is a powerful concept that we see in um, the text because 
the kings, not just the people, the kings of these cities' hearts melted once they crossed over the Jordan. The kings. You know, I think Satan puts up these uh, strongholds in our mind, and he is king of them. He's king of them because he wants you to war with something from your past that you haven't conquered forever. He does not want you to live in peace. He doesn't. He does not want you to enjoy. He certainly doesn't want you to enjoy a promised land. So he tempts us with these fortified cities that we put in our mind. Maybe it's a hurt from a parent. Maybe it's a hurt from a previous relationship. Maybe it's something someone told you. Maybe it's a rejection of some sort. Maybe it's a betrayal of some sort. And you've thought about it so long that now there's a a fortified city in your mind that is built around it. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's lack of trust. Maybe it's pride. Whatever it is, you know it's there. That fortified city. Satan is king of those things. But he knows how you can dispossess those cities in your mind with the power of Almighty God. The reason these kings and the Canaan were scared was because they knew their time was short because they had heard. Let's go to Joshua 2.10. Right here, Joshua 2.10. We're going back to uh, Rahab here. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Joshua 2.10. Rahab is talking to the spies. And it wasn't just the kings that were that feared the Lord. Also, the people of these cities feared the Lord. And we know that because Rahab tells the people that. Uh, Joshua 2.10, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you for the Lord your God he is God in heaven and on earth and beneath so the kings were scared the people were scared of God they knew that the Israelites were coming for their fortified cities this is the attitude that I want you guys to have towards these cities in your past. In order to fully assume something new, you've got to take care of the old. You've got to defeat them. You've got to face them. You've got to tear down those cities so you can actually live at peace in the promised land. A couple of years ago, the Lord, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good. (laughs) Isn't that funny how you're like, wow, I'm really, everything's really going great. (laughs) And the Lord brought a situation in my mind of a fortified city from my past. I'm telling you, it was like, it was like the Lord was like, I want to take you into a new season and I'm going to do all my amazing things for you and with you. 
But in order for you to enjoy it the way I want you to enjoy it, Autumn, you need to do some work here. You know, people, I've said, I say this a lot. I say this all throughout the book of Rahab. People stay defeated because victory takes work. Lord kept bringing this one thing in my mind from my past that I just had not been able to conquer yet. Just kept bringing it to my mind. He kept bringing it to my mind. And one day I, I did the work. I remember I was talking to my husband about it and he was like, yeah, you need to probably deal with that. <laughs> you know how your spouses are, you know, they're super whatever. My husband's like, you probably should deal with that. And I took, I think it was a month. I think it was about a month. And that's all I focused on in my quiet time. Okay, Lord, why, why do I feel this way about this? How do you want me to move forward with this thing from my past in my mind? How do I need to process this in order to fully appreciate, enjoy, engage with what you have for me? And he took me down. I'm not going to say it was like pretty and easy and all that stuff. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of, you know, from my, from my part, I've been hanging on to this for a really long time. There's a lot of repentance. There was a lot of me saying, God, forgive me for having this attitude. Forgive me for this anger. Forgive me for this bitterness. And then the Lord started to show me that if I didn't deal with it, then it would absolutely affect me in the next season of my life. He started brick by brick with my help, of course, <laughs> me being willing. He started taking down the stones on this fortified city in my mind that I had built, and it only gotten bigger over the years. Because I started dealing with it rather than dismissing it. I am, I am someone that's like, I'm fine. Let's move on, whatever. But God loves us enough not to let us live like that for too long. I was just thinking this morning as I was praying for the recording of this podcast, I was praying about this and, you know, just processing through what I wanted to exactly share with you guys. And the Lord said, you know, sometimes I make it so you have to deal with those things. Referring to the season that I was talking about. I wouldn't have chosen to deal with it, but God sort of put me in a situation where I had to deal with it. I had to face it. I had to work through it. And I am so thankful that he did because he wanted my mind to be freed up for the next season that he was bringing me. And I'm telling you right now, dismissal is easy to do when it comes to our past. We dismiss what they said about us, or we dismiss that situation, or we dismiss that betrayal or, or that rejection or whatever it is. We dismiss it. And we kind of like take it for everyone in the world and we turn around and we move forward. But dismissing it is not dealing with it. Dealing with it will free you up to actually live in peace in a new opportunity that God has given you. And that's what I want to kind of poke you a little bit today to have you evaluate maybe these fortified cities that you've built in your mind that need to be faced. Because I believe that God wants to put, take you into this awesome city, new season. And in order to fully enjoy it, you've got to deal with it. Let's move on. Let's talk about, let's talk about the nation of Israel. Joshua 1.15 says this. 
I'm going to pick it up in uh, verse 14. Joshua 1, 14. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but you shall cross before your brothers in battle array all your valiant warriors and shall help them. Verse 15. Until the Lord gives your brother rest as he gives you. And they also possess the land which the Lord is giving. Oh, my Bible is still marked up. Them. Then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan towards the sunrise. So God is saying right here, listen, I want you to go in. I want you to live. I I am going to give you rest. I am going to give you peace. I'm going to allow you to walk into this land and you can live in this new season at peace. You won't have to war with people after a time period. You'll be able to enjoy this land. Listen, God gave Moses a warning. And I know I know this is getting long and I know this is more of like a pep talk than a preacher talk, but I, I really feel like we need to face some of these things that we've been through in our past. God gave Moses a warning. I'm going to turn to it in this in the scripture. When he spoke to Moses, he was very, very specific about the work of dispossession. It is so incredibly vital that we look at these things in our past so that we can move forward and that we can live at peace in our future. Listen to what it says. Numbers 33, 51. God is speaking to Moses several years before this scene that we see with God speaking to Joshua right before they crossed the Jordan. Several years before, God is warning Moses and he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you the land, but you're going to have to do the work of dispossession before you can actually possess in peace the land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. This is what God says to Moses, but we'll pick it up in verse 50. Numbers 33, 50 says this, then the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho. So he's standing there. You can actually probably see Jericho from where Moses is standing. The Lord is speaking to him. He's not in Canaan. Moses was not allowed to go into Canaan, which is so rough. But he's speaking to him and he says this, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you cross over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you shall, verse 52, drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you and destroy all their figured stones and destroy all their molten images and demolish their high places. And you shall take possession, verse 53, of the land and live in it. For I have given the land to you to possess. God is specifically telling Moses, go in, clean it out. Go clean it out. It's yours. I'm going to give you victory. All the figured stones, molten images, cities, all the high places, go in. I want you to dispossess 
every little bit of it. And the way the Lord is talking to Moses here, he wants them to be very aggressive, which they were. And we know that from the text in Joshua. When they went in, they went in with the fury of the Lord that was leading them to go in and to dispossess these these different high places, molten images, cities, you name it. They went in and they kind of obliterated the whole thing. Why did they do that? So that they could actually rest in that land. So they can enjoy it, okay? This is what God says to Moses in verse 55, Numbers 33, 55. But he gives a a clause here. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, you have the option of not doing this. Moses, I want to tell you to do this because this is wisdom, because I want you to enjoy this new season that I'm bringing you into. This is wisdom. I want you to go in clean slate, everything obliterated, fresh start, totally new. I want you guys to go in and I want you to rest. You've been in captivity for 400 and some years. I want you to go and I want you to enjoy it. But if you do not, verse 55, drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, Then it shall come about that those whom you let remain, let remain is going to be a phrase that we come back to in just a sec. Those that you let remain, they will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. When I read this years ago, oh my goodness gracious, I had, this is when God was like, <laughs> you need to do the work of dispossession. I don't, it's, it's right here in black and white, numbers 33, 55. But if you do not, if you do not deal, deal with the high places, the molten images, the inhabitants, the cities, if you don't deal, if you don't clean it out, if you don't handle it, then it will come about that those that you let remain will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you and the land in which you live. God was trying to keep them from trouble. He was trying to keep them from dealing with unnecessary trouble. You see, the things that we let remain that we dismiss rather than deal with, trouble us when we move into a new season. It is a loving God that says, I want you to go in and deal. I want you to drive out. I want you to handle. I want you to demolish high places in your mind, in your life, so that you can live at peace and rest in your new season. I've put it like this. I put it like this in the book. Israel and Jericho were never meant to be neighbors. I've said this multiple times. You know, we, me and our neighbor have the same Amazon guy. (laughs) As a matter of fact, our neighbor just came to the door an hour ago and said, can you please pick up my boxes on Saturday? I'm getting stuff delivered because he's going to be out of town. We're like, absolutely. Of course we will. We have the same mailman. We have the same Amazon guy, but Israel and Jericho weren't meant to be neighbors. 
Israel wasn't meant to have any of these fortified cities as their neighbors. Why? 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 Because those that you will let remain will be as pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they'll trouble you in the land in which you live. God was telling them ahead of time, deal with it. You're not meant to be neighbors. You're meant to drive them out. Listen, guys, when it comes to when it comes to you guys, I, I know for me specifically, when I married Eddie, you know, a lot of things from my first marriage I just dismissed. Mm, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to go there. It's too painful. It's too hard. I just want to move on because moving on seems awesome. But because I didn't do the work of dispossession, the first few years of my marriage to Eddie was was rough. It wasn't rough. Like we had a we we, we were we loved each other and we were definitely committed, but we saw that there was things, unresolved things that I didn't deal with. And they were bubbling over. And in our, you know, discussions, they were coming up. They were coming out. And it had nothing to do with Eddie. It had to do with my past. And same with him. He had things from his past that he hadn't dealt with. So when does it come up? In our new, fresh, wonderful marriage. That's when it comes up. Sometimes we wonder, why am I struggling so hard with this second marriage? Well, did you deal with the hurt from your first? Some of you guys are moms and you love being a mom and it's so awesome being a mom and, you know, you guys love it. But I've talked to lots of moms who are like, I don't know why I'm struggling in this area so bad. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm angry. I'm, I'm this, I'm, I'm anxious. I fear all the time. Well, how was your mom with you growing up? Did you walk on eggshells constantly growing up? That might not have anything to do with you being a mom to your children. Now it might be a fortified city that was never dispossessed and you brought that thing that you let remain into the new season of motherhood that you see. Church hurt is another one. Oh, I'm starting a new church. It's so great. So awesome. It's so wonderful. New season, new church. And you get in six months later, You are criticizing upside and downside. You're criticizing the worship team. You're criticizing the volume of music. And by the way, I am hearing a lot of things about the volume of music. You guys, let me tell you what these worship people uh, teams do. They literally toil over how to set the table for the glory of the Lord to rain down in your service. Give them a break with the volume of worship. Listen, David was undignified before the Lord, okay? In heaven, you aren't going to be asking the cherubim and seraphim to turn down the volume. You're going to be saying, crank it up. So this volume thing in church is driving me nuts. I've heard it like seven times lately. Anyway, (laughs) maybe that's a fortified city I need to deal with. (laughs) Anyway, here we go. 
church. We're on a new church. Six months in, though, you're like, oh, I don't like this. This pastor, I've heard him preach this 700 times. And oh, my God. And oh, did they look at me with the side eye and all this kind of stuff? And you're wondering. It's such great promise for this new church. It might not be the church, guys. It might be that you haven't dealt with a couple of hurts from a previous church. And you've brought those mentalities that you let remain into this new season. I'm telling you right now, do the work. It's not easy. It's not pretty. It won't Instagram well. You don't have to tell anybody but Jesus. But if you feel like you've got anger or un- unforgiveness or bitterness or reject or what- whatever, whatever negative emotion that you just can't seem to get over, maybe you're hypercritical. I don't know what it is. Ask the Lord to reveal to you, is this a fortified city that I've let remain in my life? Tell me how to deal with it so I can walk into the new Canaan that you have for me at peace. And I can rest there and I can fully enjoy it there. I have done this a lot in my life. The Lord convicts me all the time. (laughs) I've done this a lot in my life, especially when I saw the benefit of it. I'm such a dismisser. I'm such a like a, oh, I'm fine. I'll get over it, whatever. That's not healthy, guys. That's just not. Because God wants us to enjoy our lives and enjoy and be thankful for the new seasons that he brings us to. Do the work. Do the work of dispossession. I'm telling you what, not everybody does it, but those that do have a light, free spirit. And I'm telling you what, it's worth it. Okay, that's my word for you guys today. I'm going to come back with a question from one of you guys right after the break. I'll see you in a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply. But God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, we are back. I hope that word encouraged you. Man, I love you guys so much. I just, I really do hope that it causes you not to be scared, 
but with great confidence in the Lord, face some of these hard things to move forward. I know, like I said, I've had to do it. We've got a question from one of you guys today. And let me tell you, it is National Adoption Month, okay? Uh, Y'all know how much I love adoption because my two little precious little baby angels um, were adopted. I'm going to dedicate the next few weeks of November to adoption. We're going to talk about it. There's, we get, we get questions all the time. You know, how do you know God's called me to adopt? How do you know, like, where do I start? Those kind of things. So we are going, I'm going to answer a couple of these questions that come in from you guys just head on. And hopefully the spirit will spur in you, you know, do you move forward? Do you still wait? What do you do? This is a question from a listener. It says this, I have it on my heart to adopt, but my spouse doesn't feel the same way. How do I answer the calling to adopt while also honoring my spouse? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. You both have to be on the same page with this. This is pretty big. (laughs) This is a really big deal. I will say this. My husband and I, it, it was a why. I knew I wanted to adopt and he was very open to adoption. But the timing of it wasn't as soon as I would have liked. Do you know, I'm like, come on, let's adopt like yesterday. And he's like, I just don't have, he didn't have a piece about the timing to adopt for a while. We, of course, had our biological kids. We had Grace and Jude. And, you know, I wanted to adopt as soon as we got married. I would have adopted right then. But that also wasn't God's timing for us to adopt. The wheels were churning. Everyone was kind of had a passion for that. I would have done it much sooner. But the children that God wanted us to adopt really when weren't born yet. The, the birth mothers weren't pregnant yet. Okay. So God needed to delay the timing. And he did that through my husband. I see it a very amazing process that the Lord took us through. I was ready because I'm always ready, like right out the gate. Like, let's do it. Let's tackle this thing. But Eddie said, I'm just not quite ready yet. And he didn't have that release from the Lord to do it. So I just prayed as we had grace, you know, she blessed her heart. Then we had Jude blessed her heart. I had some problems with my pregnancies. So we knew that we would not have another biological child just because physically I couldn't, it would have been dangerous for me to do that. So when it was time for baby number three, uh, we didn't have an option. And that's when God told my husband, it was so powerful. He called me in the middle of the night. He was at a conference, called me in the middle of the night. He said, I just had a dream about a little toddler girl. I don't know what her face looks like, but I was holding her hand and we were walking down the street and it was a toddler and the time is now. We need to sign up right now. God has spoken to me and he truly did. The net, oh, uh, we, were, we were on the list um, uh, very quickly afterwards. And of course, you guys know the end of the story. We ended up getting Moses and Haven. And and Eddie has told me since that dream that he had all those years ago, he said, Haven, Haven is who, whose hand he was holding. God gave him a literal vision of, and a dream of the daughter that is six years old right now in our home. So if your husband is not on the same page, Maybe God is using that to delay the timing 
because the child that God has on the other time of uh, on the other side of your passion and desire, you know, is kind of stalled because of your your spouse's resistance. But when God gives him peace, all that will open up and and God truly is the God of the miraculous plan. And he is just actually creating one of the most beautiful stories, maybe with resistance of your spouse at this time. So I would be in prayer. I would ask the Lord to speak to him or her, whoever this is. It doesn't say girl or boy, but you remain plugged into the spirit of God and he will sustain you. That was a really long answer to this question, but I felt like it needed all that meat. Um, Let me pray. And then we will close out. Lord, we love you today. God, I love your word. I love your word. I thank you that we have it. I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for the wisdom. I'm so thankful for the compassion. I'm so thankful for the counsel of your word. And Lord, when we take it and when we apply it, we we take it and when we study it and we let the words change us. Oh God, what a blessing it is, Lord. So I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are. God, I pray for that person today that tuned in and they're like, I got a lot of stuff from my past I need to deal with. God, I pray that you would not allow them to be overwhelmed. I have this sense that someone's super overwhelmed right now. God, I pray that you would speak to them and you would say, listen, I'm going to do this with you. We're going to face this together. Just like I was with Israel as they marched to Jericho and AI. I'm going to march right to your fortified city with you. And together, we're going to tear that thing down. I pray that you would encourage their hearts. God, I pray for these new seasons, these new opportunities. God, we're coming into a new year. God, I pray that we would do the work of dispossession from things that we are clinging to this year so we can walk into next year fresh, free, clear. Father, I love you. I thank you for this avenue of our ministry. I ask for you to continue to bless it. You are God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I'm so thankful for you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right. I will see you guys next week. Can't wait. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) Ha ha ha!